Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hey everyone, today I'm talking with Michael Haynes about how he assists businesses in having growth and impact. So Michael is an SME business growth specialist and author of Listen, Innovate, Grow. During his time working for Australia's largest telecommunications company as a customer research and strategy manager, he experienced firsthand how big corporations utilize innovation to increase growth with business customers. Now Michael empowers service-based small and medium companies, the SMEs, with buyer-centric strategies to achieve the growth and impact they seek. Welcome, Michael. Thanks so much for having me, Virginia. You're welcome. It'll be fun to have you today. So what made you leave like the corporate world? Great question, Virginia. So the corporate world, I worked in that area, gosh, must be for 15 plus years, learned a lot and got to do a lot and got a lot of exposure. And as mentioned, so working at the telecommunications company here in Australia was where I got really into the business to business space and really got to see how if you leverage business innovation, which is about putting new introductions and new improvements into your business across various areas, how that could drive growth. And so learning all of these things was really good, but I've always had an interest and passion about working with entrepreneurs, small and medium businesses to really help them get to their true potential uh, so that they can have greater impact. And also Virginia, so that I could have greater impact. Because working in big corporate, you learned a lot, but in terms of actually getting uh, that to that end state of actually getting some true achievements met, Uh, didn't always happen. But whereas when you're working with small and medium-sized businesses, you're working with the business owners, with the CEOs of those organizations, with their teams, you're really able to have an impact and able to help them achieve what they're trying to achieve and take them from just being geniuses of working in their business to being able to work on their business to drive growth. And so something I've always wanted to do, and I just felt back in 2010, that was a good opportunity for me to get out there and put my skills to use to help my people where I really truly want to be working with SMEs. And I've been here ever since. That's cool. And you kind of hit like that wave of the influx of people starting their online stuff. Yes. So I work with service-based businesses. So some are online and they could be offline. So I work with the likes of your professional service firms, IT firms, financial service firms, training organizations as well. So I work with business owners and leaders that are operating in both online and offline space. But yes, it was a great time to do so and been doing it and loving it ever since. That's key, right? (laughs) So what are some common mistakes that you're seeing some of your clientele making? There are a few. Some Common ones that stand out are what you may have even heard the term spray and pray marketing. And so business owners will tend to often sometimes jump onto that new shiny marketing tactic that they're hearing, whether it be, you know, TikTok or Instagram, and they will just get out there and be spending lots of money, you know, doing the likes of Facebook ads. And you really have to understand, you know, who are your customers? And I focus with uh, service-based firms that are trying to get other business customers. So in that B2B context, and in B2B, we have to understand not just the customer as a company, but we have to understand the, who the buyers are. And often I find business owners are spending lots of money throwing things out there without understanding who the buyers are, what's important to them, and how they buy. Because if you're uh, buyers, if you're selling, let's say, IT services, and if you're selling into a CTO, if he's not on social media, where he looks for information, advice, and recommendations, then why are you there? So it's very important that you understand 
who the buyer is, how they buy, and then you put your efforts and your investment into those channels and tactics that your decision makers are using when they're trying to decide on the products, services, and solutions they're seeking. So that's one big um, area that I find that they're not, that needs a bit of work. Another area I would say would be about marketing and sales not working together. And often they're quite uh, working quite separately and independently. And Virginia, this is particularly problematic in the business to business space because business buyers do a variety of their own research in terms of how they are looking to find product services and solutions. And now in this particular environment, business buyers are seeking advice information and recommendation, how to take their businesses forward. This requires that marketing and sales work together. Marketing needs to be true strategic marketers to provide the insights around what's happening in those industries, in those markets, and what buyers are looking for. And sales needs to be given that kind of tools and information so they can have those strategic discussions. So your sales discussions are actually consulting discussions, road mapping discussions to say how you're going to take that business forward, how you're going to work with them to achieve their objectives. So those, those are probably the two big things that I'm really seeing right now in the B2B space where small and medium-sized businesses trying to grow are having a bit of problems because they're doing those two things of not understanding the buyers and doing the right kind of strategies and tactics and also marketing and sales not working really hand in hand very closely to serve the needs of those business customers, those business decision makers. Focusing on the research that you've done with your who and where they hang out and stuff like that, what do you do to get in front of them? Very good question is I very much try to practice what I preach. And so I'm very big on what I call listening, making sure I get an in-depth understanding of my target audience, the buyers. So the kinds of things that I do is I do work with industry professional associations. So those related to professional services, IT, telecommunications, which are three of my target segments. So industry associations, I do some writing as well. So I write for Inside Small Business Magazine and Dynamic Business Magazine, which are two uh, magazines that have very large audiences with small and medium-sized CEOs, again, which is my target audience. I love to do a lot of speaking. So podcasts are a big part and speaking, the speaking platform is a big part of my marketing strategy. So getting on to podcasts that serve small and medium-sized businesses, the leaders of those organizations looking to grow, getting onto those podcasts so that I can get my message out. And then when those podcast episodes come out, distributing uh, that content through my social media channels, for which I use LinkedIn heavily because a lot of your small and medium-sized CEOs are on LinkedIn. So leveraging and spreading it through LinkedIn, spreading it through uh, my email list. And another thing that I'm doing more now, Virginia, is partnerships. Uh, so I'm collaborating with other consultants who are servicing SME CEOs and also some larger coaching organizations that are servicing SME CEOs. I'm doing some work providing workshops. So writing, speaking, and partnership are, I would say, my three core strategies to get into the target audience that I seek to serve. Okay. The first one that you had mentioned, it confused me a little bit. So is that more like the Chamber of Commerce type of thing? So you should know for your target audience. So for example, IT organizations. So IT firms are one of my target audiences. So there are a couple IT professional associations okay. here in Australia, for example, that I have been doing some writing for. I'll do workshops okay. with. 
that's yeah exactly there's professionals australia which is a professional services organization for professional service managers again that's another organization that i will put my content and speak for to get um, because that's where people who run professional service firms mm -hmm. it firms they tend to join those associations thank you <laughs> no problem and so the social media aspect, it's really just LinkedIn that you use the most then for that? Um, I use LinkedIn. I, LinkedIn is my core channel where I will post content, I will interact with content, because that's where I find the bulk of my audience being the small and medium CEOs are. But I also do all my posts onto Facebook as well, because with Facebook, for two reasons. One, you do find a lot of small and medium business owners and leaders are there on Facebook as well. And secondly, Facebook is also very good with the targeting. So you can get quite targeted and specific when you want to boost one of your posts. I can boost it to say, I want to go to small and medium business owners. Those have interested in business growth, B2B, and I want to target Vancouver, Ontario, and Quebec. So it allows me to get very targeted in terms of trying to zero in on my target audience that I'm looking for. So for me, LinkedIn is number one and Facebook is, is, is secondary number two. But then also to add Virginia, I also do when I write my articles, I will post onto medium.com as well, because medium allows you to post your articles, which you can then connect back to your website. I think it's called a conical link, which thereby allows you to get SEO benefits as well. So I will also put onto medium as well. So I should throw that in there as well, too. So where do you want to go in the next one to two years? What are your big goals? So for the next one to two years, so I'm really looking to build up my practice, listen, innovate, grow. So I'm looking to mastermind groups. It's going to be a big component of my practice. I'm launching one end of September called Empower, aimed at SME CEOs. And I want to create a series of mastermind groups so that peer networking collaboration of SME CEOs. So building that out is going to be a big component. And then getting back to the content, I wrote my book, Listen, Innovate, Grow back in 2018. I want to then introduce an updated second edition and then build some more content around that, which I will then license to other consulting firms, educational institutions as well. So really looking to build out the practice to expand from just the coaching and consulting, like I said, to mastermind group and then licensing based around more content I will be building, leveraging off a new edition, updated edition of the book. Do you self-publish the book? Yes, I sell, I did self-publish the book, but I did have a lot of professional support. So I got someone professional to do the cover, getting a structural edit on the book by a professional editor who will then also do the layout. It's very important because my book is self-published, but it does not look self-published. And you need to have, if you're going to be leveraging a book, it really has to have that content look and feel in order for you to be able to maximize it, to use it as a door opener for clients, to get into some of the larger podcasts, media publications, because some uh, publications and podcasts I've approached to, they've said, if you're self-published, I've had them say they're not interested. And I got onto a podcast and they said, oh, Michael, so who's your editor? Who's your publisher? I said, you're talking to them. Oh, this doesn't look like a self-published. I said, yes, <laughs> that's why I made the investment. So you couldn't tell that there's no difference <laughs> in the quality. Yes, you can tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> so with implementing the revision of your book and the masterminds and right. stuff like that, what would, how would that change your business? How it's going to change my business, it's really in terms of getting off that, what they call, you know, the time for dollars exchange. Because with a mastermind group, for example, I'm going, when I conduct the mastermind groups, that's going to be 10 people at a time. So as opposed to working one-on-one -on -one when you are doing all of the 
getting, doing a lot of the doing, which I've done typically in my consulting life where I did all the depth interviews and the, you know, writing the strategies, preparing the PowerPoint decks. Now I'm doing the advising and doing it on scale because I'm doing it across a group. So in a mastermind group, when I'm conducting a session around strategy, it's going to be serving 10 people, 10, 10 companies at a time. And it'll be the core content, core materials that I'll be able to leverage across the different mastermind groups, tailoring it accordingly as required. Similarly, the, the licensing and with the book, it's going to allow just a lot greater scale in terms of the amount of revenue and amount of people I'm going to be able to serve uh, because that content, I'll be able to take those new content pieces and promote them to other consulting organizations, different community colleges, uh, universities, entrepreneurial programs. So yeah, you know, that reach and that scale and that volume, you're just going to be able to really ex go grow exponentially based on doing a fair bit of work up front. And then you kind of rinse and repeat and really mm -hmm. do the mass distribution across the various channels and appropriate audiences. That's cool. For sure. Do you think there's a roadblock that's stopping you from getting there? The roadblock. I would say, well, that, that's a good question. Growth mindset is a big thing that I think is very important. And it's something, if you had asked me 18 months ago, I'd been like growth mindset. Yeah, whatever. Now I really <laughs> recognize the importance of growth mindset. So for me, working on my growth mindset and working on it continually is something that I do all the time. So I have a couple coaches that I work with. So again, I practice what I preach. I have a couple coaches that I work with for which mindset is part of the coaching program. And then I listen to a lot of podcasts and there are a couple of podcasts that I listen to. You Can Manifest It by Lucas Rubix uh, is a fantastic one. I listen to his every day because it's about keeping your mind in that right zone, in that frame. So as you're taking on all these projects and working on doing these new things, because anytime you try to grow, you're stretching yourself out of your comfort zone, doing new things. You need to have that mindset to be able to work through those challenges when you have to step up to make the investment of time, effort, and money to be able to say, yes, I am going to invest in that coaching program. I am going to go into ego and attend a mastermind myself to build my skills. And yes, that's five figures, but having the mindset to recognize it's part of the growth in me in building, listen, innovate, grow and what I want to do. That all comes back to mindset. And so mindset, it can be roadblock, but it's something I'm working on. And so hence it's why I've made quite significant progress since I've published the book in 2018 and now starting to take the business to the next level I would say that getting my mindset right has been critical to why now I'm getting some of the traction and I'm seeing the progress to, to where the business model that I want to create for the firm is starting to happen yeah it's amazing how much your mindset plays a role in helping or hindering oh it's critical it's critical it makes all the difference because when you have the right mindset it will lead you to take the right kind of energized positive action you will take those steps and you know you'll take those hard steps which often can be around making the investment to say okay yes we're going to spend x amount of thousand dollars in those programs whereas before i might have shut down really quickly but now it's like no this is why we have to do it. this is how we need to do it. this is an investment that's going to enable me to progress to A, B, and C. And it just allows you to take very empowered and very positive actions that you may not have done previously. So with everything that you've listened to and interacted with people and stuff like that, 
What's the best advice that you have ever received? Best advice I've ever received is, goes back to about mindset, about your growth mindset, and that you constantly have to exercise it and work on it just as you would go to the gym. You have to continue work on your mindset to strengthen it, reset it, because we all get into those situations where, you know, something comes out, comes to us out of, you know, left field, throws us off. It's about having that mindset and knowing how to reset and get back on track. So continually working on growth mindset was probably the best advice. And what was Lucas Rubik's gave to me 18 months ago that had just been so impactful in terms of, yeah, enable me to move forward. And now I've got the momentum that I am seeking. I'm not fully there with my goals, but I'm definitely making the progress and I'm really enjoying what I do. That's awesome. That's cool, cool. So what's the best advice that you've ever given? The best advice I guess I've given, particularly to clients, is that everything starts with listening. You have to be listening and gaining that in-depth understanding of the industries, markets, and customers you seek to serve. That is the basis for everything because that will give you the roadmap to tell you where to focus and what you need to do in order to make the progress to achieve the goals you seek. Everything starts with listening and getting that depth of understanding, which sounds very basic, Virginia, but so many companies, whether I'm dealing with the larger end of your medium-sized mid-market organizations or your small, you know, five, six-person micro-businesses, often that's the area I find is the biggest gap where it's like, oh, I don't know, Michael, when's the last time you talked to a customer? Well, not really. I think, well, how do we know? It amazes me how there's always that gap, big or small. There's always a major gap in terms of that listening and that understanding of where you're at, what those clients and markets and customers need. That always tends to be a a key missing component. So it's so important. It's the basis for everything. And it's the area that often is missing. So that's always what I tell people. Everything starts with listening and really getting that depth of understanding. So if someone was to come and work with you, so you'd help them identify and hone in if they haven't already like their avatar absolutely yes and then what and then where do you go great so making sure we get very clear you know making sure we're getting clear on what their goals are and what they're trying to achieve making sure we have an understanding of you know so based on their strengths their goals their competencies you know, what industries and markets they should be focusing on, what kind of customers are going after. But then again, because it's B2B, we take it to the next level. We need to know who those buyers are, what is important to them, and how they buy. Because then by having an understanding of that through listening, through doing research, that will give us the clarity and focus on ultimately the three things every business needs to have as part of their growth strategy in terms of knowing what to deliver in terms of your services, solutions, advice, how to deliver in terms of the kind of support, customer experience, buyer experience, and then how do you promote and engage to those buyers. It's all based on having that understanding of who the buyers are, what's important to them, how they buy, enables you to answer those three elements of what to deliver, how to deliver, how to promote and engage. And so once we work through all of that, through doing workshops and doing analysis, then I have the clients prioritize to say, okay, what are going to be some of the key areas that we're going to start on working on first? What should be the three, two or three key projects? So with small, medium-sized businesses, they often have limited resources. So we have to break things down in terms of, okay, well, what are we going to focus on first as we'll call it phase one, what are those key projects, key initiatives, and then breaking those down to what are the key tasks, what resources, so they have an action plan to move forward. Is there anything that I haven't asked yet that you'd like to? I guess one 
area we haven't touched on that I'd like to talk a little bit about, which I feel is very important for small and medium businesses to recognize that in order to grow, you really need to be looking at how your company, your business can business innovate. Because business innovation is the key. That is how you grow. And by business innovation, a lot of people think business innovation as just solely around product or technology. But business innovation is looking across within your business and across five key areas, whether it be your products you offer, the services you offer, the systems and processes that you undertake, your organizational innovation. So have you thought of things like outsourcing, partnerships, strategic alliances, marketing innovation. So what are the different kinds of marketing strategies and the B2B specific strategies for operating B2B, looking across those five elements and to say in your organization, based on your customer buyer needs, what areas can you improve, change, or make new introductions across one or more of those areas? That's how you drive growth. And there have been a lot of studies, Virginia, across high growth firms. So those firms that are growing 20% more year over year and firms that have high growth are ones that business innovate in at least two areas over and above product. So everyone thinks it has to be big innovations around technology. No, it's around looking across your business, across those five elements and saying align with market customer needs. What areas can we change and make improvements across multiple areas? That's how you drive growth. But again, it starts with that listening, that understanding. But business innovation is critical. That is how you drive growth. And it's something that understanding that you've got those across those five areas that you want to be looking at. And it could be incremental. It might be more substantive, but it's doing those innovations, those improvements, those changes. That is the key on how you're going to be able to really drive growth within your firm. Yeah. Have everything move. Basically each area, each pillar move in the same direction with the same goal. Uh, yes, but like, yeah. like the same information, right? Like yeah, it, it, Yes, exactly. Based on understanding, you know, who your customers are, what are they needing? You know, what are, what's important to them, then you can look across those five areas and say, well, within your firm, what are the opportunities that you can be making changes and improvements to really capitalize and meet those buyer customer needs so that you can get your current customers to be buying more from you and hopefully referring for you, that you can expand into new markets so that you can gain new customers. It all stems from that, yeah that depth of understanding, and then looking to see across those five elements, where are the opportunities to change and improve to really meet the needs of current customers and also get new customers as well. That's the key to driving business growth and to getting our SMEs to thriving and growing and moving in the directions and getting the impact that they're ultimately seeking. It's so true, right? Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Michael. Where can people go to find out more about you and what you do? Sure. So to find out more about what I do and to get some information and resources around how to drive business growth, go to listeninnovategrow.com. So listeninnovategrow.com, all one word. There's a number of resources uh, there to assist, as well as to get uh, understanding about the different uh, services that I offer to support our SMEs. Great. Thanks, Michael. Have a great day. We'll chat soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.